Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast. Remember, you can download any of our shows via iTunes. Just click download and same with Google Play. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast, your home for news, commentary, and insight into Crimson Tide football and recruiting. Here it is, the BamaInsider.com podcast. Welcome to the BamaInsider.com podcast. My name is Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com alongside Tony Sakalis, our team writer of BamaInsider.com. It's springtime. It's March 20th. We got a great show lined up for you. I'm going to be talking with Tony today regarding the depth chart, or at least our projections of the depth chart, as spring football is finally upon us and it starts Tuesday. So welcome to the podcast and um, thanks for joining us. Thanks for being here. We're very gracious um, for everything that the subscribers have provided with us throughout the month of March. I think it's been um, a great welcoming. This is our third podcast. So without further ado, here's Tony Sakalas. How's it going, Tony? Man, it's doing great. You mentioned the weather. It's perfect outside. I know your family's out at the pool. I'm a little bit jealous, but uh, it's really nice. Maybe we could do the poolside podcast. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be bad. Right? That has a nice ring to yeah. it. Um, spring practice. It's, it's finally here. We've been breaking it down. You can read all of Tony's positional previews back on BamaInsider.com. I wanted the show today to focus, obviously, on football, and we'll just go right through from quarterback to all the way to the star position on defense. Let's just break it down, and Tony, you can give us some insight. I'll pepper you with some questions. Um, let's start at the quarterback position. Is there a quarterback battle at Alabama? I mean, you have Jalen Hurts, I mean, the returning SEC Player of the Year, uh, Tuya Tungo Vailoa. Did I say that right finally? Tua I, I can't say it. Whoever says it first is going to get it wrong. I, I need to hear it and then process it and then say it. Um, and then uh, Mac Jones, obviously, on campus. What's your take on the quarterback position? There is a quarterback battle. It's not for the first string quarterback. Uh, I, I don't think that there'll be a, a real battle for, uh, for Jalen Hurts. I think when you look at what he did last season, how special that was, that doesn't come around every every year. Sure, he did it. Sure, he made it as a true freshman. He had a great spring. And I'm not saying that these other two quarterbacks are going to have a great spring, but to uproot a quarterback that had, was as successful as Jalen Hurts was last season is going to be very hard to do. And it's just not something you should expect from a true freshman. I, it was a rarity last year. It's something that, you know, kind of looking back, I think a lot of Alabama fans will actually appreciate. I mean, he came one defense, one potential defensive stop away from scoring the game-winning touchdown in the national championship game. That's legendary right there. Uh, sure, he has some stuff that he needs to work on in the passing game, but that those kind of things usually happen from your first to your second year. Moving into the battle for QB2, though, I mean, between Mac Jones and Tua Tungvaloa, those are two guys that are coming in here very talented, have gotten some great reviews in their first few weeks. And I'm really excited about seeing who's going to be the backup quarterback. I mean, I mentioned in the quarterback's preview, with, with as much as Hertz runs the ball and, and, and is a dual-threat option, it's going to get hit. And they need a, a backup that they're very comfortable with. And it, one of those two players might end up having to step in for a few plays or, you know, maybe even more than that, you know. And, and that's a good point. It's something that should be brought up because neither of those guys has any experience coming in. No. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, you look down the road, and obviously nobody wants anybody to get injured. But, it, I mean, things happen. This is college football. This is a Division One level, and neither of these guys have experience coming in. So, I think 
we're going to be interested to see what happens during springtime between Botua and Mac Jones for the second spot. Yeah, it's kind of like a, do you want to win the position and do you want to be redshirted? I mean, obviously, I think the third quarterback is going to end up being redshirted. Would that set him up better for the future? Or do you want to be that backup just in case Jalen gets hurt? I mean, I think as a competitor, you always want to be the next step up. But uh, it's that's another wrinkle into it as well, is who do they redshirt and who do they, you know, kind of have that year. So I'm I'm selling on the quarterback battle for number one as you as you alluded to it's it's really the battle for number two. How about this one? Moving to the running back position, <laughs> who's your guy and and where do you start and how do you keep all these guys fed? All of the above, <laughs> um, just all of the above. All all five backs are very talented. Um, the thing about it is Alabama will probably probably only use four primarily. I would I would imagine so if I had to guess. So you got Damian Harris. Bo Scarborough are your two oldest returning starters. I think that they will see the bulk of the carries, especially Harris. I expect him to be get the first carry of the season. Uh, Bo Scarborough came on late, and then we'll have to see how he progresses from that injury. He should be fine. It's just a matter of, you know, will he be able to stay a whole season without getting injured? Uh, it's something that he really hasn't been able to do too too well during his whole career, high school and, uh, and college. Uh, then you've got Josh Jacobs, who I'm really high on. I think he's a Maybe the most talented of all all five backs. Uh, you got B.J. Emmons, who is the number one running back in his class, and then you have Najee Harris, who is the number one running back, or the number one player overall in this class. You could use any one of those backs; they would all feature at a, at a big role at almost any university across the nation. It's it's a wealth of talent. And I think having that much depth at the Division One level is is important. You have to have it especially in the system that Alabama has. With that said, it's also important to have these guys, I guess, satisfied with the number of reps that they're going to get. I mean, how many carries is, for example, Najee Harris going to get? You know, I'm not sure exactly how many carries he's going to get. I kind of project him to be in that top four. Um, He's just too talented not to be. But uh, Alabama's done a good job of selling its players on – waiting their turn and waiting for your chance at running back. It would not be surprising to me if the fifth guy, whoever it was, whoever it ends up being, uh, transfers out of the program. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they don't. We mentioned uh, injuries happen all the time, you know, and you're just one injury away from being in that rotation. Uh, and who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. I- I'm guessing that I would do a four running back rotation, but heck, they could do a five running back rotation. I, I don't quite know how that would work but neither of us are coaches just fyi right i mean we're gonna leave this stuff obviously for the ball and saving to figure out but we have to question it i mean with so much talent on the roster um looking at the wide receiver positions starting out with the x position uh um cameron sims um your thoughts big tall receiver that can block i think he's six five um and he can really run too he's not just tall he's a vertical threat and he's also someone that can some gives you some blocking in the in the run game. Uh, that's something that Alabama had from Garrett Dieter, who was a good blocker himself. So having somebody that kind of replaced that role would be would be really important. Alabama last season called its receivers the assassins, and that was more about their mentality of blocking and you know doing some of the dirty work that's required in receiving, not just catching the ball and the flashy stuff like that. And Alabama's done a really good job of that. Cam Sims, I think, is a player that can kind of continue that mold over. Um, so I, I, I like him a lot. At the Y position, there was a, a little bit of, 
I don't know if you want to call it rumors, but talk about Robert Foster potentially leaving. Um, right now we have him slated with Jerry Judy, who's the very talented five-star running back out of uh, Deerfield Beach, Florida. Can you talk about those guys? Yeah, I think Robert Foster, you know, I've heard those rumors too, and I think they might have died down a bit. I think he's, I guess the I guess the new rumor is that he's, he's okay, and just, you know, maybe the transfer speculation is not quite as much there. Um, that would be interesting to just, just kind of gauge during spring camp. Uh, it's definitely a storyline to follow because uh, he's a talented receiver. He's someone that uh, two years ago might have been the leading receiver on the team had he not gotten injured. And then just things haven't really bounced his way in terms of playing time. Uh, so it, it's going to be this is make or break year as a senior this year. And I, I think this is going to be a season where you could finally see him break into the, the potential that he was coming out of high school. At the Z position, Calvin Ridley comes back. Tons of experience, tons of production. Yeah, and then uh, it's also worth noting that he was uh, Jalen Hurts' roommate last season. Chemistry is going to be there for him. If there's any you know definite in the receiving uh, group this year, it's that Calvin Ridley is pretty much a sure bet. You know you're going to get from him. I, it could only get better for him, too. Uh, I think last year he was somewhat limited by the fact that maybe the deep ball wasn't there with Hurts. Uh so Hurts wasn't able to maybe find some of his deeper, longer passes. You could see Ridley kind of getting open, being more of a vertical threat this season. If Hurts is able to hit him, that could really open up the offense. So that's really what Alabama fans are looking for. The tight end position, drop-off talent-wise at the tight end position? Of course, because O.J. Howard's gone. Uh, and it's more so a matter of having a player that can be complete in terms of blocking and receiving, you know. Alabama didn't use O.J. Howard that much in the passing game. I mean, they did. They used him a little bit. And, you know, he was successful. He had his big games, especially in the two national championships. But uh, he's not. he was never the go-to guy that maybe he might turn into at the NFL level where he's been projected as a top-ten pick. Uh, but what they will miss is his, his ability to block and contribute as a receiver. Hale Henches kind of seems like that blocking tight end while Miller Forrestal kind of feels like that receiving tight end. Both of those players are going to have to work on kind of getting both aspects of their game. There's also Major Tennyson. He, he's been advertised as kind of like a complete player like Howard was too. Alabama, no matter how good they have as a blocking tight end or receiving tight end, they need someone that's able to do both because they don't always play with two tight ends. So that'll be interesting to see who kind of steps into that role. Moving up to the big boys at left tackle, Jonah Williams, our guy? I think Jonah Williams moves to left tackle. That's kind of the leading bet, I think, around most people in the know. Um, but he could go. He could stay at right tackle. It really just depends on what Alabama wants to do and where Alabama feels like it's weak, weakest at on the offensive line. Jonah Williams is one of your most sure bets coming back. So if you feel like you have a weakness on the right side of the line where you're going to be missing a right guard, you might want to keep him there to kind of compensate for that. Logic kind of says that you normally move your best tackle to left tackle to, you know, protect the quarterback's blind side. So that's where I have uh, that's where I have met at left tackle to protect Kurtz. Left guard, what you got? I got Ross Piercebacher staying there. That makes sense. Um, you know, there's people behind him that could push him. But he he was solid last year, but he was far from perfect. Uh, there's, there's room for improvement. I think that he sticks there. I think he's going to improve, too. You know, it's, it's, 
it's one thing to see people improving behind someone, but you got to also consider the fact that the person himself is going to improve as well. Uh, so I, I think that he stays at left guard, but there are some people that could push him around. At the center position, Bradley Bozeman seems like he's a lock at the center. Yeah, Bradley Bozeman is gonna might be the best returning lineman Alabama has. Uh, I think he stays at center, but kind of like with Williams, you know, if Saban feels like he's got a better option at center, then maybe he moves him to one of the guard positions where Alabama's been a little bit weak. It, it just really depends. I, I'm kind of a guy that, you know, I think if it's not broken, don't fix it. Bozeman seems like the man at center. He's calm under pressure. You know, I, I've talked with him last last year, and he was. We, we've talked and done stories about him just, you know, being able to manage a, a big crowd and calling changes at the line and, and being able to, like, kind of keep people calm in those hostile environments. Those are the kind of things you want from a center, and probably both can give you those kind of things. I, I think they can keep him in the center position. And I think you hit on it. I mean, with the center position, those guys are the leader, usually, of the offensive line when you're playing in the Iron Bowl. Or a big-time game. Somebody needs to take hold of, you know, I'm, I'm not saying the whole offense is young, but, I mean, somebody who has veteran experience who can keep calm in that position. So it obviously makes sense. I think that's obvious. Last year in LSU, perfect example. We came in there and kind of helped them stay stabilize uh, the offense, and he came up big a lot of times on those drives. Right guard and right tackle, Alex Leatherwood and Elliot Baker, are those uh, projections? I mean, I like Alex Leatherwood be on the offensive line somewhere uh and it looks like right guard could be that position i mean maybe he came in as a tackle so maybe right tackles that position um just really depends the, the offensive line is going to be fluid probably during the spring as they try to put people at different positions that's at least what i'm expecting uh you mentioned elliot baker there's he's a five-star guy coming in number two juco player overall but he's a guy that ran a six or reported six Point one two forty time, and that's not very good. Um, it, it was, I mean, the the six one. I mean, it. I mean, I've never seen a lineman run that slow forty time. But then again, I mean, we don't know where the numbers came from, I and mean, we can't really count the validity. I mean, I, I, I'm not doubting the sources, but who knows? Nobody was there. I didn't see it on video. Did you? Could have been sick. Shoe could have been untied. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Could've it could have been, been backwards. Yeah, or uh, on one leg. I'm not sure. I don't know. <laughs> How often does? It the linemen have to run 40 yards never. So um, it might be an indication. I think this is what has Alabama fans worried. It might be an indication that he's coming into camp maybe overweight, maybe out of shape, maybe he's not the athlete that some people thought he was. That would be a reason for concern. But until you see him on the field, until you see what he's done as a tackle position, I don't. I, I would put, just based on his experience and his talent and what we've seen on tape, I'd put him at that right tackle position for that. You're listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast with Tony Sakalas and Kyle Henderson. We are members of BamaInsider.com. Um, staff members, I should say. Andrew Bone, who does our recruiting, he's out today. Um, but we're talking depth chart, and of course, spring football practice starts on Tuesday, March 21st. And you can catch all that action back at BamaInsider.com. You can actually download this podcast on iTunes or Google Play. That is in process right now, but you'll be able just with the click of a button, it'll notify you that you do have a new podcast from our team. So be sure and check that out, and I'll provide all the instructions back on the message board. Um, moving to the defensive side of the football, can you give us the rundown of the DN and D-tackle position? Because talking to you over the, the last couple of weeks, you've 
informed me that there should be plenty of rotation taking place up in up on the defensive side of the trenches. Yeah, let's start in the middle where it's pretty solid with Thrawn Payne. We had an interesting uh, thread on our forum that kind of talked about him as maybe being the best defensive tackle in Saban's era, which is really high praise. Um, but it might be accurate praise, too. Alabama's had some space eaters in the past, but I don't think they've ever had anyone like athletic, athletically gifted as Theron Payne. He's a big guy. He can eat up space. He can play that nose guard position, but he can also move. He can he can throw people around. He's real agile on the defensive line. He's he's a gamer. Uh, he's somebody that I think next year is going to really turn some heads in the draft. Um, on the uh, either side of him, Alabama loses a player. They lose Dalvin Tomlinson. They lose Jonathan Allen. Coming in uh, is Deshaun Hand, who was a former number one overall player. He's been talked about since he stepped on the campus. A lot of people are hoping that he steps into that Jonathan Allen role and kind of becomes like the difference changer, the difference maker off the end. He definitely has the talent to do that. Um, on the other side, uh, I project Isaiah Bugs, the number one Juco player in the nation, to come in and kind of also wreak havoc. Uh, that could form a really strong uh, starting three on the defensive line. There's also people, Josh Frazier could play either position. He could play on the end or he can play inside. Raekwon Davis is a mountain. Um, he's six foot seven. Uh, you also got Quinn and Williams, who is a lot of people are talking about him maybe still in that other defensive end spot uh, across from hand. So uh, there's a lot of options, and a lot of people should see time. I mean, you know, Jonathan Allen and Dalvin Tomlinson both played, both started last season, but Sean Hand saw the field a lot. That could be the same case for some of these other guys. Yeah, last year Deshaun Hand looking at the board, 21 tackles. Um, two and a half sacks, and then Deron Payne with 36 tackles, one and a half sacks last year. So yeah. they didn't play. Yeah, and then and Payne's numbers are always going to be kind of hard to judge because he's getting double teamed, he's inside, he's not going to get those sacks. So it's just kind of, it's really what he does to the offensive line, that, that how you measure it. Moving to the outside linebackers, the Sam and the Jack, uh, we've, we've talked about this, traded notes. Um, Christian Miller and... Anthony Jennings, are those guys? So, there's Christian Miller, there's Anthony Jennings, there's Terrell Hall. I like all three of those guys for two of those positions. Um, they all could play Jack Linebacker, and I kind of, you know, they all really could play Jack Linebacker. I think Christian Miller probably has the best ability to play Sam, so I, I, put, him, I put him there when, when we did our depth chart. Um, I put Anthony Jennings at uh, Jack Linebacker. That's more of the pass-rushing guy. I mean, they're both going to rush the pass, but that's more of like the, the Jack will come creep down to the line sometimes. Anthony Jennings is the former defensive end, so uh, he's a little bit bigger. Uh, he might be able to use that size and explosion off the off the edge and kind of fit into that Jack role. Same with Terrell Hall. They're, they're both very talented players. Um, another option, too, would be, uh, and we're, we'll about to talk to, about this later, but uh, Rashawn Evans, if he doesn't, if Alabama doesn't feel comfortable with their outside linebackers, they could move Rashawn Evans, who has played on the outside before in the past, they can move him back to the outside or they can keep him inside. Well, I mean, we can address that now as we move to the inside linebacker position. I mean, and, and leading off for Sean Evans, I mean, I'm looking at his stats from last year, 52 tackles, four and a half sacks. Um, and then you have Sean Dion Hamilton. Those are guys you're looking at. Yeah. Yeah. Those are what, you know, especially if Miller wins the Sam and Jennings wins the Jack position. I, I think that Rashawn Evans and, Sean Deon Hamilton are a pretty safe bet to start inside. Uh, that's a pretty too, solid two. Um, Rashawn Evans obviously stepped in for Sean Deon Hamilton when Sean Deon Hamilton got hurt last season. 
Uh, but he's seen a lot of playing time. He's a guy that came in uh, highly rated. And he's one of those guys that really just never got to that elite status. He's been good. He's had his role. He's had his moments. But I think this year might he might really make it be a difference changer. Moving to the cornerback position, um, give me your take. I mean, in this, I mean, we, we weren't able to pencil in a lot of names here, but I mean, the names coming back, quality. Yeah, and Alabama was getting some people to, uh, you know, coming in, but uh, I, I think you start off with uh, Anthony Everett uh, and um, Tony Brown on the on the two corners. I think Brown played star last year a little bit. He was suspended for the first four games. Uh, Alabama, I feel like would probably want to move him out the corner. Um, and then put Shaheem Carter in at star. Uh, Brown's a former five-star. He's got all the ability. He just hasn't really been able to put it together at Alabama yet. Uh, if he can develop and he, if he can play to that five-star potential at cornerback, Alabama will actually be pretty solid in the secondary. You know, Averitt was great last year. It might have been even better than Humphrey just last year, just based on performance 48 tackles last year and eight pass deflections yeah team height pass deflections i think a lot of people were thinking oh you know we're not going to throw to marlon humphrey's side well that was a mistake because every time they tried to pick on anthony averitt swatted it down um he didn't get the interceptions but i mean he was there on every one of his guys he didn't really you know it wasn't easy it wasn't easy to, to go deep on him. i mean he's, he's also got you know i, I think he's i think he might even have sub four three speed, so he's he's a track star. Um, he he can burn, and so uh, it's good good luck going deep on a guy like that. You know, in your safety position, you got Mika Fitzpatrick, and I think he's a guy that you can move wherever. You know, he he's excelled at star. He can play cornerback. Last year, when Eddie Jackson got hurt, he played safety. If Alabama needs him at corner, they can put him at corner. If they need him at star, they can put him at star. I think preferably they keep him at that strong safety kind of quarterback of the secondary kind of position. I mean, you look at his numbers over the past two years. In 2015, 45 tackles with two picks. Last year, 66 tackles with six interceptions. I mean, talk about production and somebody who can just change the momentum of a game. I mean, he had not played safety until since high school when, it, when Eddie Jackson got hurt. First game in... Against against LSU in Baton Rouge gets you know maybe essentially the game ending interception. Uh, he's a guy that you just plug him in anywhere on the secondary. He's gonna play. You know, uh, I just think that they're gonna want him at that strong safety position for the sake of maybe just having a constant there. At the free safety, Ronnie Harrison last year, eighty three tackles, two interceptions. I mean, can you that's that's a pretty safe bet too. I mean, uh, Ronnie should start. Uh, at free safety, and he he'll be another guy that should have a great year this year, and might be another guy that leaves for the draft early. Uh, I think he might be a good pick next year, especially if he shows some like some continued improvement in his uh, coverage skills. I mean, everyone knows how hard Ronnie Harrison can hit. If he can, you know, just kind of fine tune those those ball skills, I think he can be elite. Special teams, very important part of the game. Um, start with kicker and punter. Well, the punter is obviously J.K. Scott. I mean, unless he gets hurt, uh, he's going to start. And he hasn't gotten hurt yet, so not, I guess Alabama can knock on wood for that. He's one of the best punters in the nation. Uh, Alabama knows what they're getting with him. That's, you know, that's pretty sad. A kicker, they lose Adam Griffith. Uh, Adam Griffith had his moments. Sometimes he was a great kicker, and sometimes he was just really erratic. Uh, I think Alabama's going to look for more consistency this year. They signed the number one kicker in the nation, Joseph Bolivas. He's a blue shirt, so that means he's he'll 
come onto campus but won't get a scholarship until one opens up. Uh, they also have Andy Papanastas. He's a graduate transfer from Ole Miss. Fellow Greek, by the way. <laughs> uh, and, um, if, you know, if, if the school of us was to maybe, you know, maybe if it was too much for him to handle at first as a freshman, which would be understandable. You got a, you got a senior that can step in that might be more, you know, able to handle that pressure. Not saying that Bolivos won't be able to handle that pressure, but it's nice to have that insurance for Alabama. Um, in the return game, I like Xavier Marks as the punt returner. Uh, I think he's very electric. You saw that in his 75-yard return against Kent State. On the flip side, you saw him on that same game let two balls go inside the inside the 15 or 10, and they they bounced and hit the two-yard line. One hit the one-yard line. Saban will actually look at those mistakes, and to them, that probably matters more than the 75-yard return. Alabama can't be making those kind of mistakes on special teams. You know, you can do that against Kent State. If you're doing that against, you know, a Clemson or LSU or Florida State on the opener, it's gonna it's gonna cost you. It's gonna cost you a serious field position. So Alabama needs someone that can just catch the ball, and uh, so that's gonna something be something that you know Mark's gonna have to show that he's improved with. Uh, Trayvon Diggs is another option at punt returner, and I think he's a guy that's you know pretty consistent last season, uh, and so he could definitely win that role as well. I look for both of those players to probably contribute at kick return um maybe the edge for marks on punt return would be uh Trayvon Diggs might factor in more on the offense we didn't mention him in the wider series but he's someone that could actually sneak around and maybe even get a starting spot if that's the case Saban said in the past that he's not really keen on using starters at special team spots unless he needs to so that might actually also be a deciding factor in it. I think Alabama, if you look at Marx's size and just skill set, I think they a big reason why they probably brought him in was for special teams. So for him to contribute at that position would be probably ideal. You're listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast. My name is Kyle Henderson, along with Tony Sakalas, who's our team writer. You can catch all our coverage back at BamaInsider.com. we got a ton of coverage coming your way throughout spring practice leading up to A-Day. Tony, can you give our subscribers and our listeners, just a taste of what they can expect on our website coming up through spring practice? Yeah, I think we plan to have everything. We're going to have some videos, some practice reports. Uh, obviously, we're going to be at all the interview sessions. We're going to save and say something. We're going to write a story on it. Uh, we'll have all the stories surrounding the players that come out. Uh, anything breaking news, any positional changes, or, you know, somebody's making a buzz, we're going to let you know about it. We're going to try to keep you as informed as possible. And if you are a subscriber or a listener and you really enjoy what you've seen since our takeover on March 1st, please share it with your friends. Share it um, online, social media, and tell everybody about BamaInsider.com. That would be tremendous for us. Um, And and that's pretty much a wrap. I think that, you know, we wanted to come in here and give you a podcast today mostly surrounding what you can expect for spring practice, at least going into it. And, of course, we'll lead you and uh, provide coverage going through spring practice on what we see from inside um, the gates. And um, you can always join in on the message boards. One of our biggest assets, I feel, is customer service. So we're always going to be around those message boards getting back with you on BamaInsider.com. For Kyle Henderson and Tony Sakalas, catch us back on Bama Insider. And have a great rest of your week. Find all our coverage back on the website. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast. Remember, you can download any of our shows by clicking subscribe on iTunes or Google Play. Follow us on Twitter at 
Twitter, backslash Bama Insider. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash Bama Insider. And of course, all your content will be back on BamaInsider.com, Alabama's number one source for football and recruiting coverage within the Rivals.com network. My name is Kyle Henderson. Until next time, catch up with you soon.